0: Why
1: me? Because
0: you saw me when I was invisible. I love teen movies. Just because I love makeover montages, prom sequences, dramatic downpours of football games. I love the ability these tropes have to stir up the same sort of feelings that you'd get before seeing your crush in the hallway or an early summer bonfire or maybe just like a really kind of horny cast party, which. Of course, no one wants to go back to, but you get my point. I love the feelings of nostalgia and hope and self-indulgence that teen movies inspire. I love how they make you want to fall in love with your partner all over again or call up an old friend or drive through your town with the windows rolled down and pop music blasting. And when I watch teen movies, I think we all feel this way. You really remember what it felt like to fall in love for the first time and When I think about falling in love for the first time, I think of my dear friend, Nick. To describe Nick as having been simply my high school crush would definitely be an understatement. In spite of many, many obvious reasons why I should have abandoned all my misguided hopes of us maybe being together in a romantic way, I wholeheartedly believed that there was a chance no matter how slim that chance may have been that I could maybe end up getting what I wanted. Of course, I never really told Nick about my feelings for him, at least not in their full glory. Not only because they're really just not relevant anymore, but because they're honestly embarrassing to talk about. I first fell in love with Nick 10 years ago at the beginning of our freshman year of high school. Now we're both college graduates and young adults struggling to navigate our respective worlds. The thing that I love the most in a teen movie is a main character who can do nothing but say exactly what's on their mind and exactly how they're feeling right when it matters the most.
1: I was like, why am I even listening to you to begin with? You're a virgin who can't drive. We have history. I'm tired of being second best or
0: fake best.
1: No, I don't no, know. No, no, you do not. Get it.
0: And since this is a high school story, I figured Nick and I would go back and get it all out on the table and, you know, do our teen selves justice. If you can't tell, I'm all about feelings. And in this story and on this show, we are going to go there. Welcome to Wholehearted, where we feel things all the way. Here we share stories of wholehearted commitment to the things, places, people, and ideas we believe in, for better or for worse. I'm your host, Hannah Ray Leach. All right, so close your eyes and imagine we're in suburban Cleveland. The only things to do in our town are to get ice cream, get Chipotle, do a ton of extracurriculars, or smoke weed. Most people did a medley of all four. I was the type of girl who, in my mind, always was just a touch too greasy and had 10% too many doodles on her sneakers. But in reality, I was a well-liked, well-adjusted girl who somehow pulled off wearing rainbow gradient eyeshadow every day. The thing that I remember most about Nick when I first met him is that he was allegedly this massive douche. He gelled his hair and he wore polos, but that was all before I found his live blog where he would write his poetry. I remember what I would describe as aggressive encouragement. Um, I remember aggressively encouraging him to read his poems aloud at the Creative Writing Club open mic night that we would have every Wednesday. And eventually I was actually able to bully him into taking the risk and reading his poetry out loud. And that became the foundation of our friendship. Nick and I would Facebook chat Classic late into the night, me shamelessly investigating the emotions that his poetry alluded to him having. We're talking loneliness, isolation, disenfranchisedness, all things that I, of course, was very intrigued by. How, how could this dimpled, handsome, socially mobile, and talented boy feel all of these feelings? Nick and I were similar in ways that I had never been with a boy before. We found the same things funny. We could both dredge up seemingly endless amounts of angst from the fabric of our thoroughly unchallenging lives. It seemed so unlikely to me that this popular pretty boy would ever see me as a real person, let alone an interesting friend and confidant, and that made me love him. It was probably about four months-ish into our friendship when my feelings toward Nick basically grew into a deep all-consuming personality trait i don't really know why it happened maybe they were egged on by the whole whispery magic of both being on stage crew for our high school drama club or late night drives talking about what we wanted our futures to look like of course with both of us dreading separation at the end of the night Before too long, we were texting I love you back and forth before bed every night, and surprisingly, I was not the one to start that little tradition, and of course, I loved that. The fantasy of my crush on Nick could only stay alive if he stayed single, so I prayed for him to stay that way. I'd make all of these bizarre self-sacrificing choices almost as if I found pleasure in my own suffering, which... I was in high school, so I guess that would make sense. My good friend wanted to make out with him. I'd theatrically have to quote allow, unquote, for her to make a move. My other good friend wanted to take him to prom. I'd encourage Nick, of course, to accept the invitation and go take pictures with her and like do all the things that teenage girls want from their crushes. Even though we were connected deeply as friends, I knew that realistically there was zero chance of us being more than that. He was, and still is, a lot more conventionally hot than me. He could have picked from any girl he wanted, and a million other reasons. But that didn't stop me from feeling the way I did. My crush on Nick felt like walking around with a six-foot sword stabbed through my heart. It felt like running mascara, streaked from sobbing in a locker room, or standing at a kitchen counter in the middle of the night. It felt like pots and pans clanging next to my head to hear the chorus of girls pining after him. Nick. Nick. And why did I suffer for so long? For me to free myself from that sweet, dull ache of unrequited love, I would have had to tell him how I felt. And that was a risk I wasn't willing to take. My hopes of being with Nick had become a security blanket or an addiction. What if I never found this type of feeling again? One summer after our sophomore year, Nick grew inexplicably close to a classmate of ours, David. David was a year older than us and super likable. He had a warmth and silliness about him that was magnetic. Nick and David became inseparable I was neutral, if not vaguely antagonistic towards their friendship, but as the months went on, things began to grow more and more suspicious. They would text a lot, like a lot, a lot more than Nick and I ever did. And it it came off as neurotic and obsessive. What were they talking about? Why was it so frequent? Why couldn't I know what they were talking about? In spite of Nick being the dream boy of so many girls I knew, he never, ever meaningfully spoke about being interested in any one of them. Well, at least once he and David became friends. I began to speculate about the nature of their friendship, but more potently, I trusted Nick so much that I knew he would tell me if something was going on, right? I knew something wasn't right, but I was also just so desperately... Eponine drizzled in rain style in love with him i I was i loved our dumb jokes i loved how we came from super different social circles i loved seeing how i could see the influence of our friendship like shaping his life and i loved holding on to hope that things would someday change or shift or that things would somehow just work because if they didn't work it felt as though it might be a primal loss that i couldn't endure Keep in mind, throughout all of this confusion, Nick and I are still telling each other, I love you, before bed every single night. By senior year, I would say my feelings had evolved devolved from crush to dormant emotional investment and a very close friendship. I had given up on any romantic aspirations with him a long time ago, but we continued our friendship until the very end of high school. All my public singing of songs I'd written about him, all my micromanagement of his social life, and of course my unflinching singlehood all throughout high school went totally undiscussed. He went off to Ohio State, I went off to NYU. I cathartically and like definitely troublingly just sobbed in his driveway the night that he left. We continued to keep our friendship alive throughout the fall semester of our freshman year, but things changed when I found out that Nick was finally, without any trace of doubt, gay. Unfortunately, I found out through my little sister, but that, that wasn't really the problem. It wasn't only that he was gay, but one, he had come out to people that were not me. Two, he had been secretly dating David for over two years. And three, he had been cheating on David for the whole summer before we left for college. It's kind of hard to describe the magnitude that this whole revelation had on me. Of course, I felt terrible that he had had to keep that secret for such a long time, but I really couldn't help but be pissed. I couldn't believe that this person had been my best friend for four years and I also just couldn't believe that I had been so stupid and just willfully ignorant to what was pretty obvious in retrospect. Every time a scarlet and gray filled photo of him arose in any of my numerous news feeds, I'd look at the boy in the picture in awe. Who even was that person staring back at me in that somehow appropriate crop top? I just couldn't believe that all the energy that I'd put into the fantasy of who I wanted Nick to be had just totally gone to waste. And as much as I tried to reconcile who I knew him to be with who he apparently had been all along, it made my brain go fuzzy because I was truly heartbroken and my inability to sort through all that emotional and cognitive dissonance ended our friendship. Again, it's been 10 years since the beginning of our relationship. Why even bring any of this up? Because to me, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of mysticism around our relationship. This friendship that shaped my identity in some of the most formative years of my life has still gone largely unexamined, and I'm finally brave enough to do what the 15-year-old me should have done in the first place. Ask all the questions, say all the feelings, and find out all that I did not know. Nick and I sat down to talk after walking to a restaurant near my apartment for dinner and drinks. This is us about two drinks in, respectively. Um, actually, I want to start with you reading your poem, oh, fucking kidding. <laughs> just just to get us in the in the spirit of 2009.
1: <laughs> Let me get my like closeted voice on. Okay, this okay. one's called "The Glass Box Boy."
0: Fuck, I remember this one.
1: The Glass Box Boy. Often it is forgotten that we aren't immune. We aren't special.
0: I gotta say, hearing Nick read his poetry out loud was nothing short of rapturous. I still have relatively no idea what any of it means. Those
1: aren't even, like, the oldest ones that I have, but that's, like, the second oldest one that I've documented because Mm -hmm. the other ones I legit deleted because I was like, this is trash mama.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You had this very, like generically popular boy like thing going on but then your poetry was so sad Literally <laughs> and i was like so sad. i was like what is going on with this person the mystique
1: persona that I, like put on so mis- meanwhile she's just like a normal sad boy
0: <laughs> i asked nick if he remembered what he first thought of me when we met back at solon high school in 2009
1: i somehow was just like this person is like so unapologetically herself and like confident and like me being, like, a very insecure, like, 13, 14-year-old boy, like, immediately, like, was, like, I want to be friends with this person because I, like, like could kind of, like, feed off of that confidence. We would hang out and I we had, like, lunch together freshman year, I think, right? And then I just remember, like, Creative Writing Club and you, like, encouraged me to do Creative Writing Club, which is, like, something I never would have done, like, on my own. But, like, to have somebody be, like, you should do it. I was, like, oh, my God, like... Of like, somebody, like, being supportive of, like, me and, like, (laughs) things that I like to do.
0: I couldn't help but jump the gun a little bit and ask him when he started to get a hunch that I had feelings for him. You said you peripherally had a sense that I, like, had a crush on you. Like, do you remember when you started to feel that?
1: So I think I remember I had a crush on, like, Brittany freshman year.
0: All names have been changed to protect the innocent.
1: And I feel like I had, like, said something to you... About it. And like, I f- could, I think, just like sense your energy of like not being happy about that and like disappointment kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think like I knew, and then I was like, not that I was super into Britney, obviously, <laughs> super into boys. But. <laughs> But, like, you know, I think I kind of got the picture earlier on, I would say, rather than later. But, Mm -hmm. again, it was, like, I would rather ignore this issue than deal with it because it would mean, like, not having my friend.
0: So one thing that I'm very curious about is, like, we got in this rhythm of the I love you texting. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah. I mean, now now that you say that, yeah.
0: You started it. And I'm, why did I'm you do that?
1: For drama? When I, when I started saying that, it was like me trying to say like, thank you for being my friend and like, thank you for, you know, like being the kind of person that in the beginning of high school and like the scariest time of your life, like allowed me to kind of step out of my comfort zone and gave me the space to like grow as a person, mm-hmm. I think was like probably where I was coming from at the time when I said that. But, like, wasn't like rationally thinking about like the repercussions (laughs) of like me starting that dialogue. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, because even when it was happening, I like knew that it wasn't anything. Like, I knew, like, I knew it was basically what you were saying. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I would be like, why would he say that? Would he say that? Yeah. Like, that consistently. Yeah. Like, that was always like, I feel like, you know, like, when you really want something to be real, you, like, pick tiny breadcrumbs and, like, string yeah, them together, yeah, yeah. and you're like, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that was one of the things mm-hmm. where I'd always be like, well, why would he do X, Y, and Z? Right. I asked Nick if he remembered when he first started to think that he might be gay.
1: I think even up until, I want to say sophomore year, I think that's when things started to, like, unravel. But up until that, like it had never even crossed my mind that I was gay. Like, it wasn't even, like, in my thought process or, like, Mm -hmm. wasn't even something I was, like, hiding even. It was just, it had not come to the surface yet. But, you know, then as I started to get closer with David, like, you know, our underlying sexual tension started to come to the surface, then I started to kind of be like, what's going on here? Because, you know... At the time, like, looking back on it, I didn't really think, like, when it was happening, like, when, you know, we would, like, sext or, like, send pictures back to each other or something like that. I didn't think, oh, I'm gay. I was like, this is just part of boys growing up in high school and dealing with hormones. Like, it's weird because there isn't really, like, a dialogue about that kind of stuff. So, like, I didn't really know that I was, like, coming into terms of, like, my sexuality, I just thought I was, like, a really horny boy that, like, Mm -hmm. needed to, like, constantly, like, sex people or, like, get, like, that kind of sexual energy out in different forms. Um, So I think it took me a while to even be like, oh, like, I'm gay.
0: And then a moment that I was hoping would not come up came up.
1: You know, people would... uh, Always ask, like, you know, what is what is your relationship like with David? Like, what is like, are you guys like a thing? And like, you know, people would just kind of try to lead questions. And I like remember a specific instance, like with you, and I'm not I trying think to I even know
0: mind. what
1: it is, dude. <laughs> like Virginia Beach is, that oh yeah. <laughs> That was like. That was
0: bad. That was bad for me and bad for you. It was
1: bad for everyone. So,
0: what happened was all right, people. It's (laughs) it's 2012. We're at fucking Bush Gardens (laughs) in Virginia for.
1: For a show choir slash band slash orchestra trip, girls. So, Uh,
0: imagine just the amount of straight energy bouncing around. So David got up and he walked away. And, yeah. like, the second he walked away, you were texting him. Okay. Because the, the thing that that had me, like, like the Beyonce, like, pray you catch me energy <laughs> was, like, the nonstop texting.
1: Nonstop communication.
0: Nonstop communication. And I noticed it. Mm-hmm. And I was always, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And so I I don't know, like, what happened within me. But it was, like, within earshot of other people, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And I, like loudly was like if you're gay you should probably tell me yeah
1: no i remember too (laughs) and you and
0: you and you didn't say anything
1: i just imagine like the blood like being flushed from my face Mm -hmm. no but you know what it was and like why we were always texting and like i don't i mean obviously like i don't hold a grudge against (laughs) you because like we're here talking about it right but You know, we were probably fighting about something at that time. Obviously, we could never fight in person in front of other people. So when he got up and left, I'm sure I was trying to either finish the dialogue that we were having earlier where we got interrupted or, like, something else had happened and we couldn't keep fighting or yelling at him about something or starting up a dialogue and... You know, that's why we were always texting and always talking because we couldn't ever communicate the way we normally do in front of other people.
0: I asked him if he debated just telling me in that moment.
1: But I mean, at that time, like, I, I think, like, part of me was, like, screaming and just saying, like, roll with this, go with this, like, do it. But I was too afraid of the repercussions of me saying that without the support of David because I needed him to be okay with us coming out together because I was not okay to come out on my own yet.
0: It turns out that the fight they were probably having that day at Bush Gardens wasn't a rare occasion. In fact, they actually fought a lot.
1: I don't hold any, like, ill feelings towards him. And, like, I think both of us, like, did some bad things to each other. And I think it was just, you know, that's... We were both two high school gay boys trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So, like nobody was going to win in that situation <laughs> and you know we he we would say stuff to each other that would kind of be like wildly inappropriate and just be like if you you know say anything or if you break up with me like i'm going to freak out like i like won't be able to like go to school or like i'm sure there was like a night like that where we were having a very intense fight and I, I'm i sure I had like the text like written out ready to like press send to like you or to mm-hmm. Kyle or something to be like I, I'm gay I've been dating David and like I can't do this anymore like it's you know mm-hmm. it's killing me blah 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 but then you know I would like kind of regroup and be like okay we can't do this like get it together mm-hmm. and then fall asleep and then go to school the next morning
0: more of our conversation after the break next time on wholehearted birthday bitches how would you describe your relationship with your birthday my relationship with my birthday it's just the perfect example of me needing a bunch of attention or else i will perish we all know one right you know the kind of person who believes the entire universe should come to a polite pause in observation of their special day. Everybody's gonna pamper me pay attention to me. I was literally losing my shit screaming at her that she forgot my birthday, that my parents forgot my birthday, that everyone in the world forgot my birthday. I am ever fascinated by the birthday bitch. If I throw a party, the priority is like me being the birthday queen. You know, I just don't want to be like a total pain in the ass to the point where they just don't want to hang out with me anymore. So we walked in the pouring rain to Buffalo Wild Wings. I hate Buffalo Wild Wings. The more
1: I anticipate it, kind of the the more complicated it gets emotionally
0: tune into our next episode for an intimate look into the psyche of the birthday bitch we're back with nick my dear friend and former high school crush before the break we were just getting into talking about the mental and emotional restraints placed on him throughout our high school years the byproducts of a secret relationship with our classmate david and in turn his forced closetedness did David feel weird about our friendship in the same way I felt weird about your friendship with him?
1: Oh, yeah. He was very protective. Not protective. He he would get very jealous of that relationship. If I was hanging out with you and I wasn't texting him and keeping him in the loop as I was with you, then he would get mad or, like, assume something weird was going on and be like, mm-hmm. why aren't you texting me? Why aren't you responding to me? Like, what's going on? He did not like when i would hang out with you and i think that put a strain on our relationship especially further down in high school when him and i were becoming more serious
0: i still felt like even with the relationship with david like it still felt like there were like certain parts of you that like only i like really knew
1: oh yeah yeah no i totally agree with that well and that's what i think was like so hard in general with how i was going about high school is, like, I was... I I gave different pieces of myself to different people. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't ever one person in high school who, like, could say, I know Nick. Not even Kyle, like, my best friend growing up. And not even David, who was my boyfriend for two years of high school. Like, I you know, I was Voldemort. Not to do a Harry Potter reference, but I, like, put myself (laughs) into all these different people because I was too afraid of putting all of of me into one person and then, you know, being destroyed by them. With David, like, he was the only person that had, like, my sexuality and, like, knew that I was gay and, Mm -hmm. like, had that whole part. And, like, I think very much with you, like, a lot of my a lot of what I gave to you was just kind of, like, my emotional self. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I couldn't really get into, like, a lot of the stuff with him, like, I think I always kind of, like, danced around, like, some of the other issues and, like, would would try my best to tell you the things I could tell you without giving that part away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, like, I felt comfortable being, like, vulnerable and emotional with you.
0: At this point, a lot of my questions were answered, but I still didn't really know what happened with the random boy Nick cheated on David with. And that was one of the things that I wanted to know about the most. This boy was a secret from me and David, arguably the two people closest to Nick throughout that time. And his secret relationship with this boy hurt both of us deeply. It
1: was later in the night, a lot of people were asleep. I went up to the bathroom and this kid who was at the party He was in the grade below me. I had never met him before I went to that party. He followed me into the bathroom, and he started to, like, try and hook up with me. And we, like, hooked up for a little, and I felt weird. And I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. So I went to bed. The next morning, he was like, before we left, he, like, was like, let me get your number. So we, like, exchanged numbers. And then, you know, throughout... And, and <laughs> the backdrop of all of this being like I'm about to leave for college and say bye to my <laughs> friends that I've been friends with for four, eight, ten years mm-hmm. um, and start this new chapter of my life. But meanwhile, I'm still dating David and I'm about to go to college with David. I've already stuck out a whole year of our long distance relationship and now I get to be with him in college and be whoever we want to be. But now you know this this random kid pops up, and now I'm talking to him, and you know I am like l- losing it like i you know, I can't talk to anyone about this, so I'm dating this boy of two years, David. We are about to go to college together, and like you know we thought we had made it through the thick of the relationship, like we're about to be together, and everything's gonna be easier now. Now I'm cheating on him with this other boy that I finally started talking to and I can't talk to anyone about this. I, don't, I can't, you know, process my feelings or talk with them out loud and, or ask someone, am I crazy? Like, what is this?
0: I wondered if there was anything specific about this new boy that Nick found alluring enough to risk his long-established relationship for. And his reasoning ended up being more profound and more true to the teen experience at large than I ever could have imagined. I
1: don't I don't think it was anything specifically about him. And like looking back on it, like it was I think my first realization that the world is bigger than this. Like, there are other gay men out there. There are other boys that I can find a happy life with. And, like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm not going to be alone if I don't stick it out with David through this relationship that clearly isn't working. Like, that was, like, my first wake-up call to say, it doesn't have to be like this. It's not supposed to be like this. Mm -hmm. You guys aren't meant to be together, and you need to move on from that. Regardless of never having a legitimate relationship before I knew that it wasn't functional and I knew that it wasn't in gonna work out in the end but in my head we were getting married I was gonna get married and like have my whole life with him and like this was the one because it's like it's your first love Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you know you I I think what it boils down to in high school is like you don't know how how much bigger the world is. So when you find that kind of connection and that bond with someone, you, you don't want to give it up for anything because you're like, what if I never find this again? What if I'll never have this feeling again? Like, I can't lose this person. I can't give this up. This means so much. But then, you know, you, you start to grow and you realize, like, Yes, what we had is special, but that, you know, there there are other problems that play into it, and I will I will find love and I will find some sort of connection and bond with somebody else, and it doesn't have to be within like this two mile radius of where I grow up. But in high school, you can't explain that to anyone. You can't explain that to a sixteen year old. So you you will delude yourself with anything to say. I need to keep seeing this through because I will never find this again. I will never have this sort of bond with somebody. I will never find a kind of love like this again. So I think that's, like, why it's so hard to to kind of, like, face facts, like, and be rational with those kinds Mm -hmm. of relationships growing up in high school.
0: I did a lot
1: to not break my voice (laughs) in that little (laughs) soliloquy.
0: I would also just like to take a moment to say that David hasn't disappeared from our lives. In fact, he's still a very dear friend of mine. He has not only approved this story, but he's happy that the struggle of a messy, closeted high school relationship and the inevitable pain that comes along with it is being shared. Because like, of course, love Simon is great, but come on. Right before winter break of my freshman year of college, my sister was the one who called and broke the news. She had heard about Nick through the grapevine, and that grapevine had somehow totally avoided me. And after I found out that Nick had been keeping this huge secret for such a long time, I staged something of an intervention at, you guessed it, we are in Ohio, a neighboring town's Panera. But when I tried to talk to Nick about everything I'd found out, he was pretty cold. And his icy response broke my heart the most. I was not able to, like, be friends with you because it wasn't yeah. even because of David or the yeah. g- or the guy. It was, like, this yeah. is, like, it felt like what you were saying earlier where you were, like, it's really hard to, like, say goodbye to, like, the first person you felt really strongly yeah. about. That was it for me. Yeah. And I was, like, is that person who I, like, was, like – air quotes like in love with like even like a real person like
1: did I even know that person even though I never wanted to acknowledge it I knew that there were like feelings on your end that had never kind of been acknowledged or really kind of like brought to the table to be discussed Mm -hmm. and you know I for as much as like wanted I wanted to like ignore that whole part to like make it easier on me like I knew deep down that that was like very much part of your experience growing up in high school and like what our relationship was. And I think that was also like a a big reason that, you know, when we kind of had our disagreement and then we stopped talking, like, I kind of just was like, I, I can't even reach out. Like, what, what am I, what, what can I say? You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, I think, unfair, for like your edit because it was almost like you know like me coming out kind of like overshadowed the the whole relationship and like the Mm -hmm. whole complex like dynamic that we had but i felt very much like i couldn't do anything to fix that Mm -hmm. because so much had been done and so much had been swept under the rug at that point that Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't gonna It wasn't going to get fixed until we both had the time apart from each other.
0: Hearing him acknowledge that he had let the friendship fray to save face was extremely significant to me. Honoring the fact that we both actively chose to stay away from each other would make the 19-year-old me feel much, much less alone. I asked Nick if he remembered the first time he saw me after we stopped talking.
1: So I remember one time, I want to say it was like my junior year maybe, it was when you were dating Ivan.
0: Ivan was my very nice, very cute college boyfriend that I somehow miraculously acquired via OkCupid and dedication.
1: You came over, and I think you were, like, kind of drunk when you got there. (laughs) And you were just kind of, like, we were, like, friendly and, like, talked, but you could tell there was, like, this weird, like, strain. Like, we, like, couldn't, like, connect correctly. Uh Because I think at that point, too, you were, like, I'm in this relationship with this boy, like... I'm good. You know what I mean. Uh-huh. Like
0: <laughs> the you're thirst dismissed. is being quenched.
1: Legit, like, thank you so much for your time. Get out. Which I think was like your moment of being like, bitch. Like the shit that you put me through. Like,
0: fuck you.
1: So I like remember that. But like,
0: did you really think that as it was
1: happening? I just felt like we had this like weird kind of like. Like, we were both trying to be like, how are you? But both being like, this is fucking weird. And like, (laughs) we're both like have other things to say.
0: This situation is a great example of how we would interact. In obligatory social situations, sometimes on Facebook, but never the way that we used to. But after a few years apart, safely observing, we were both ready to try again. Like, once you started to kind of come into your own... Mm And, like, I could see on, like, Twitter, like, how gay she was. I was like, oh, my God. She's, like, an icon. I was like, who is this person? (laughs) And that's how we got back to each other. No, literally, that's how we got back to each other. Because I was like, we're, like, weirdly the same.
1: Legit. But,
0: like, we're the same in, like, a new way. Yeah. When we reconnected, like, I had been through my first major relationship. Like, rise, fall, all everything. And, like, I think that after that, I was, like... Because with you, I felt like my first, like, heartbreak was with you. Mm-hmm. But, like, my first actual breakup was with yeah. uh, was with Ivan. Right. And so I was, like, okay, like, thank you next to this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just ready to, like, yeah. love my friends. Right. And that was, I think, like, I was just, like, so happy to, like, be friends with you again.
1: yeah. Because it it very much was, like, you know, a, a very strong emotional connection that we shared throughout such a hard time. Mm-hmm. Like, high school is
0: so hard. It's interesting. From my perspective, it's like, that version of you will always be, like, a character in my mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I'll always remember that. Yeah. But, like, I'm so... Happy that we've found this,
1: like our footing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think our initial friendship, I think, came from the fact that I was a closeted gay boy <laughs> and you were a born to be fag hag. So it was like,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, that
1: in high school, you just you're so desperate to 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 have a genuine connection with someone. Like, you just want... You want to be loved. Like, you... Mm-hmm. You want to be loved for you, and you want to, like, have that feeling and be able to reciprocate it. Because you've never you've never had that outside of your family, and some people don't even have that with their family. But, you know, you want to... You want to be able to feel love. Mm-hmm. And that I think that manifests in so many different ways and like gets so easily confused with like so many other feelings because love isn't just, I love this person and I also want to have sex with them and marry them or be with them. Like it's so much more complicated than that. And I don't think you realize that until, or a lot of people don't realize that until they're out of high school, until they go to college and they start to have those experiences and, start to see people and start to you know come into their own and you know you you think that's the only the only way you can love in high school so you you grab onto that and you don't want to let go of that for anything Mm -hmm. because if if you don't have that you don't you don't have love and you'll never have love
0: the wildest part of the story here is that we both felt so separate from each other and so unable to communicate about what went wrong between us, but the foundation of both of our heartbreaks was really the same. We were both holding on to love for love's sake. Me with Nick and Nick with David. Both of us scared that we'd never find anything better. I I wish that I could bring 15 year old me into the room right now.
1: (laughs) Sit her down. Give her a talking. To. <laughs> just oh like, my god, if I could bring my fucking, oh uh, yeah, fifteen-year-old self in here. So, okay, wait, but what? What would you tell? What would you tell your fifteen-year-old self if she was in here right now? <laughs> <laughs> putting her on the hot seat. I think I
0: would tell her. It's just, it's been so. It was so formative to who I am.
1: Right, that's what I was gonna say. Like, it probably didn't want to like. You don't want to erase.
0: I that. don't want to yeah. erase it because it's. It's, like, made me who I am in so many ways.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I guess it would be to honestly, like, try and remember how everything feels as much as possible. Just yeah. because the first time that you, like, feel those feelings is, like, so potent and magical, even if yeah. it sucks.
1: Yeah, even if it hurts. Therapy should be required for everybody. If you're gay, if you're not gay, go to therapy. This is your this is your wake-up call. Go to therapy.
0: Don't go to a theater camp. Yeah, go literally. to therapy.
1: Enough with the theater camps. Go to fucking therapy. Enough with the improv games.
0: It's not going to do the job.
1: Literally. Those are band-aids. <laughs>
0: Well, I love you. They love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I love Nick. I loved him in high school, and I'm actually really happy to say that I love him now and in this brand new way that I never thought would be possible or even be something that I would want. I think that the teen versions of us, wherever they exist, in whatever parallel plane they're hanging out in, would be really happy to know that we're okay. And what an epilogue to the teen movie of our friendship, right? So, do you have a wholehearted belief you want to share with the world? If so, send me an email or voice memo to wholeheartedpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear all about it. Wholehearted is produced, written, and hosted by me, Hannah Ray Leach. Today's episode was recorded in Hallway Studios, located in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, and engineered by Josh Perlman Hall. This episode was mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman. Theme music is by Josh Perlman Hall. Show artwork is by Ayanna Cheston. Special thanks to Evergreen Podcasts, Audrey Leach, and, of course, Nick Shahadi. Keep up with the show on Instagram at Wholehearted Podcast and at wholeheartedpodcast.com. You next time.